You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great. We have made it. Fall camp officially underway. BYU practicing for the first time today as they get ready for the upcoming 2021 season. We're doing a preview edition of fall camp on today's podcast. Talking about some of the burning questions entering fall camp and also continuing a look back at BYU football history with a look at the 2001 season. Yes, the illustrious 2001 campaign, Brandon Doman, Luke Staley, Gary Croton. We'll talk about all of that ahead on today's show. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our good friends over the Locked On College Football Channel. If you have an interest outside of BYU in another conference in the Power Five, whether that might be the newly revamped SEC, well, okay, revamped's probably a strong term, but nonetheless, whether it's the SEC, the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, or the Pac-12, we have a daily podcast covering all those conferences for you guys. Check them out wherever you get your podcasts. All right, without further ado here on a Thursday, let's get rolling. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 5th, 2021. What is up, my friends? Welcome in to the podcast. I'm Jay Catch, your host right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. I, of course, am your BYU insider, but also I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And as some of my friends on the Social Hall Sports podcast have dubbed me the doctor of podcasting. Okay, that last part, not official in any way, shape, or form, but nonetheless, a big thank you once again for taking some time to join us right here on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. And I actually had a person ask me the other day, are you seriously doing daily podcasts? I'm like, well, if you just look at the Twitter feed or you look at what's going on on social media or you just look at what's going on on your podcast provider of choice, yes, you would see we do a daily podcast. I do this every single day and a huge thank you for all of your guys' support. It's an absolute honor and a privilege that you guys deem my content worthy of reading, listening to, and just consuming it. So thank you, thank you, thank you for the support. Please make sure you hit that follow button if you're new to the show, just checking us out for the first time because we are here Monday through Friday, keeping you guys apprised of everything going on with the Cougars. In addition to that, if you don't mind, please leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. They're absolutely critical to the success of this venture. Leave us those five-star ratings as well as a review if you don't mind and help us continue to build this audience. All right, getting going here on a Thursday, and we are looking ahead to BYU Fall Camp. Practice officially today in the morning. Media availability expected to take place around noon mountain time some media observation followed by interviews in person might i add really looking forward to that it'll be more of a hybrid system for byu with regards to media availability this fall some of them will be in person where we actually get to watch parts of practice about 10 to 15 minutes if we're lucky but in addition to that we'll also be able to do some in-person interviews and other days it'll be fully remote it'll be via zoom so I understand why BYU is trying to make sure that they're keeping their student athletes safe and obviously keeping us and the media safe. And you know what? We can deal with it. At least we get some access as 
media members this year, and that's what I'm looking forward to most of all, but very much excited for the upcoming season. It's been a long summer, a long off season, and it is time to get rolling. My wife knows that she calls this the five months of the year that her husband is MIA, and that sounds harsh. Trust me, I know that sounds a lot harsher than it is. It's just I'm on call, it feels like, all the time at various practices, doing interviews, posting audio, cutting audio, producing a radio show four hours every day for my day job. It's just a very busy time of year. But folks, I absolutely love this time of year. And my wife, thankfully, is more than willing to step in and fill some of the the areas where I lack this time of year. Well, she feels in areas all the time that I lack in, but more so this time of year. And it's a big credit to her and allowing me to chase my dream and do what I do. But a lot to get to ahead on to today's show, but let's talk about fall camp. I'm excited just because we are going to see a new version of the BYU football program, something new, something shiny. And obviously there are going to be storylines that emerge during fall camp. Uh, I hate to say it, but injuries are going to occur. What injuries to what players and how will they affect the program moving forward will players emerge who are bigger names or all of a sudden make a name for themselves is what i'm trying to say during fall camp and they become one of the better players on this roster that always seems to happen seemingly every year and i look forward to seeing who emerges during fall camp and really takes advantage of their opportunities because kalani sitake and this is one talking point that we can kind of discuss here is he has said every fall camp and i think he learned his lesson from the year that Tanner Mangum was anointed the starter going throughout the entire offseason going into the season. Obviously, that was the 2017 campaign that BYU struggled through going four and nine. He learned from that and said positions will always be up for battle whenever this team is on the field and fall camp that is the proving ground you have to go out and earn your spot so I look forward to seeing this new version of BYU all 100 and whatever players I know 123 are allowed on the roster in season I think it's 105 during fall camp will be given their opportunity to go out there and prove to the coaching staff that I am the guy, pick me. We'll find out. There are obviously guys who have a leg up on the competition based on their experience, based on their performances from last year, but the competition factor, it's going to be fierce, and it's going to be something to bear watching throughout fall camp. Obviously, the quarterback battle. Who is going to ultimately emerge as the starting quarterback? I'm a broken record on this podcast. If you listen to me at all since last year, Jaron Hall is going to be the guy. I believe that will still be the case, barring something unforeseen, whether that's an injury or a quarterback like Baylor Romney or Jacob Conover just absolutely steps into the fray and looks light years better than they have previously. I think Jaron Hall has got the inside track to that. Aaron Roderick kind of tipped his hand at BYU Media Day saying that Jaron Hall is going to be, quote, tough to beat out. I think it's Jaron's job to lose. Let's put it that way. But the competition will be there. Other storylines. Where is the offensive tackle depth going to come from? I think they have two great frontline tackles in both Blake Freeland at left tackle and Harris LeChance at right tackle. But behind them, there's a lot of questions with regards to the depth behind them. And that's a concern if you're BYU's offensive coaching staff. In particular, new offensive line coach Daryl Funk and obviously offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. He needs to ensure 
sure that his quarterback, whoever it may be, will be protected. And I look forward to seeing how that battle plays out. Other storylines to pay attention to. How do the Nakua brothers fit in? Do they come in and essentially assert themselves atop the depth chart? Will it be a slog for them to really earn playing time? That'll be interesting to watch out play on the offense. Flipping over to the defense, this defensive line has got a lot of talent, but not a lot of experience. Will they be able to hold up against BYU's offensive line during fall camp? Will they begin to assert themselves, show that, hey, we are a pretty good unit here that you need to pay attention to? That's a huge question mark because the defensive line last year for BYU was fairly solid. Kyrus Tonga, Bracken L. Bakri, and Zach Daw. That was a nice three-man tandem that mainly were BYU stalwarts along that defensive line. Other guys like Caden Haas, Earl, Earl Tuioti Mariner, Tyler Batty, Lorenzo Fawatea, uh, who else am I thinking of? Uriah Leatawa. There have been a number of guys who have been given opportunities over the past two years, but those three were the bedrock of this defensive line. They've all moved on now. Will these other guys step up in their stead and prove that they can carry on the legacy that the other three left? That also will bear watching out. I probably sound kind of funny keep saying that will bear watching out, but that's that's what fall camp is. The first day, folks, we're not going to learn all the answers to all these questions. Plain and simple, we will not have a lot of answers for you guys. But in the coming weeks, hopefully we will begin to get answers. And as I have mentioned on this podcast, if you guys want the real inside scoop of how fall camp is going, and I mean the real inside scoop, this is the place to be. I have people down there at BYU who talk to me who are at every practice, watch all of the practice, and send me copious amounts of notes of what they observed, and I share them with you guys here on this podcast. You will not find that anywhere else. I promise you. So make sure you join us every single day, and I will endeavor to make sure you guys are the brightest and smartest BYU fans out there. But biggest thing overarching right here on BYU is I'm just excited to have fall camp here and to be get getting going. It really, it's been just a long, long time coming, and I am excited to be out there at the student athlete building later this afternoon for those of you listening in the morning or and if you're listening to this in the evening well it's already happened we'll have another podcast for you guys with the recap of how things went of practice for you guys on tomorrow's show but nonetheless it's an absolute privilege and an honor to be with you guys along the way and hope you guys find everything we're doing here of worth. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll get some other topics with regards to fall camp that we need to discuss. Need to dig in a little bit to some bold predictions. What I'm going to call my bold predictions for BYU fall camp. We'll talk about those next and a little bit later on. We will get to our daily staple of the 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. We are looking back at 2001 for Gary Croton's first year at the helm of BYU's football program. We'll talk about that a little later on. But first, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need for your vehicle. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? You happen to have a computer with access you can get to rockauto.com. You have a desktop at home, a laptop, even your mobile device. You can get it in your pocket. It's really simple 
people to get over to rockauto.com. They simply put, speaking of Rock Auto, want to save you time and money when using their resource. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For an example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 at a chain store, just $216 from Rock Auto. They're also a family business, been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So get to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On or Locked On Cougars in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, folks, continuing on with this preview edition of BYU Fall Camp. What we need to dig into now are Jake Hatch's bold predictions for fall camp. Now, a disclaimer on this. This is not a bold prediction for the season upcoming. We will do that as we get closer to the 2021 season beginning in just under a month. I think we're 30 days away from today. So we are going to do more of that kind of a full season preview about a month from now. So don't take everything I say today and then throw it back at me come November and say, see, you were wrong. These are simply my predictions, my bold predictions for fall camp. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Number one, as I've already stated previously, Jaron Hall will be the starting quarterback for BYU. Now my bold prediction is Jacob Conover will be the backup to Jaron Hall and also an additional kind of tidbit to this another prediction one of the quarterbacks one of the three and in this case in my opinion probably Baylor Romney will decide to transfer I hate to be I would hate to be right about this but I think that's ultimately how it's going to play out I think it lines up with the kind of the hierarchy of how scholarships are being distributed and one of these three I don't think is gonna be satisfied with his role and ultimately make the move so I think Jaron Hall is your QB1 Jacob Conover emerges as QB2 and I do think Baylor Romney sitting at QB3 decides you know what it's time for me to look elsewhere and you wish him well honestly any of these quarterbacks who decide they need to go find their next home you wish them well and thank them for the time in Provo. Now, another prediction here. I project that Hinkley Ropati will be BYU's number three running back. Yes, he will beat out Jax McChesney. He will beat out Miles Davis. Hinkley Ropati looks like a man amongst boys. He is one of the most jacked human beings I've ever seen in my entire life. He showed up to BYU that way. It's crazy how muscular and how physical this guy is. Had he not suffered that ACL injury last year, folks, I really think you would have seen him emerge as BYU's third running back. I think he does that this year. Yeah, Siona Finau, 
obviously another candidate, but I think Hinkley Ropati is the guy who emerges as the number three back behind Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa. Now, another offensive prediction is that Samson Nakua and Puka Nakua will, uh, among the two of them, one of them will be a starting wide receiver for BYU coming out of fall camp. If I had to make my pick, I'd actually pick Samson to be the starter coming out of fall camp. Absolutely could be wrong. Pukunakua is one of the most dominant wide receivers I have ever played at the high school level here in the state of Utah. What he did at Orem High School is the stuff of legend. It wouldn't surprise me to see him make a move, but I believe one of the two, and my guess is Samson, becomes a starting wide receiver coming out of fall camp getting ready for the Arizona matchup. Now, flipping over to the defensive side of the football, I think that Atunai Samahe will be your starting at nose tackle. Caden Hawes will obviously be a key rotator at that spot, but I think Atunai Samahe has something to prove this year. He probably would have been the number two guy last year had he not suffered that season ending. It's not an injury. It was just a diagnosis. He had that blood clot in a vein, I believe, or it was an artery. It was it was scary, but it wasn't also it was just a really weird deal, really rare type of condition, but it knocked him out for the entire year. I think Nisa Mahe ends up as your starting nose tackle to replace uh, Kairos Tonga coming out of fall camp. Another prediction along that defensive line is that Tyler Batty I expect him to really make an impression in fall camp and establish himself atop the depth chart. He's listed as a starter for BYU on their depth chart, but he's been in a boot for the majority of last season after his initial success early in the year and spent a lot of the offseason in a boot. It sounds like he is fully healthy now, and the expectation is that he will assert himself and really become that force off the edge that BYU truly believes he can be, and fingers crossed that he stays healthy. In the defensive secondary, I think that Malik Moore and Chaz Audu tandem at safety for the Cougars is going to impress a lot of folks. I think that they will make noise. There will be a lot of people who are impressed with what they do. And like I said, I'll have my practice insiders reporting back to me and letting me know how things go. But I think Chaz Audu and Malik Moore, it's a great tandem. You're replacing two very high-level guys in both Zane Anderson and Troy Warner. But I think if you had to replace those two with two guys you feel comfortable with, I'd put some pretty good money on a guy like Chaz Ayu in addition to Malik Moore at that spot. So there you go. Some of my bold predictions for BYU fall camp. Oh, one other name to pay attention to, and this is at the wide receiver spot. Cade Moore will be a starlet during fall camp. Will he ultimately emerge as a guy who's going to play a lot this season? I don't know, but you're going to hear a lot of the name Cade Moore during fall camp for BYU. Book it. Get ready for it because this is a guy... He's got glue for hands. He really catches everything that comes his way, and I'm excited to see him kind of emerge during fall camp. He did a lot of good things during fall camp last year, very much stood out in spring ball this year, and the hope is that he continues kind of that stellar play going into training camp this year. So there you go. My bold predictions for the 2021 fall camp for BYU. Let me know what your guys' bold predictions are. I'd love to hear from you guys, let you have your Call calling your shot, I guess, is what we're going for. Yeah, call your shot of your bold prediction for fall camp for BYU on social media. Follow us, 
Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Mainly interact on Twitter, but obviously Facebook will see them as well. Feel free to reach out and let us know what your bold prediction is for the upcoming season. All right, we will wrap up this Thursday edition of the podcast with a look back in the BYU history books, looking at 2001. Really, really fun year that came to a lackluster close. We'll dig into that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online. They are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, the Olympics are ongoing. Major League Baseball season is rolling along. But no matter what your sporting interest is, if it's curling, They've probably got odds for you of some point. Uh, cricket, no matter what it is, Bet Online is your online resource for all of your sports wagering needs. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to literally get into the game as teams are in action and you can bet on them. Whether that's college football upcoming, you want to place some Skittles on the Cougars overall record, over-unders in the NFL, futures odds, NFL MVP, all that stuff. It's all available by going to betonline.ag and signing up for a free account now. Also take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus that's available to you guys as listeners of the Locked On Cougars podcast. All you've got to do is when you get to betonline.ag is use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus when you make that first deposit with the Locked On tag using that. Free money to bet with, folks. Not very many sports books are going to be willing to do that, but BetOnline is putting money where their mouth is, so take advantage of it now. That's all courtesy of betonline.ag as they are your online sportsbook experts. Continuing on now with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. We've been going back through every season that BYU has played to this point. It's crazy to think we've just got 20 more of them, or we've got 19 more of them after today. But today we look back at 2001, and the 2001 season obviously was a new era in BYU football. Lavelle Edwards had stepped aside after 29 years at national championship. Numerous uh, accolades, All-American citations for multiple quarterbacks, the Heisman Trophy for Ty Detmer. Just crazy, crazy amounts of success for him as head coach. The two Outland Trophy Awards handed out to Mo Eloanibi as well as Jason Buck. The things that he accomplished were just absolutely bonkers. But BYU turned to Gary Croton as the new head coach of the BYU football program. He came to Provo from the NFL after serving as the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, I believe for two seasons previous to taking over the head coaching job in Provo and obviously was previously a head coach at Louisiana Tech in the college game and his reputation was a high-flying offense and I funny enough actually had a really cool experience my brother and I uh, growing up and in 2001 I was let's see 14 years old my brother just younger than me I believe it was 12 or 13 at the time and we like to ride on the trail that goes up Provo Canyon, uh, Provo Parkway. That's what it is. And we'd go up and down that riding our bikes and whatnot. And one day we happened to be riding up it and this guy comes running by, he's kind of balding and whatnot. And I look at him, I'm like, I've seen that guy somewhere. I'm just thinking about it, thinking about it. I mean, okay, just to put it out of my mind, kept going, riding bikes. All of a sudden it dawns on me. That was Gary Croton. And I'm turning to my brother. I'm like, hey, that's that's the new BYU head coach. He's like, seriously? And I'm like, yeah, that's him. So we continue riding. And uh, Coach Croton, I, I think, came running back down the trail. I said, Coach, 
good to see you. I hope you're having a great day. He actually stopped, and we had about a five-minute conversation. I couldn't tell you the details of that conversation, but Gary Croton took time to talk to a 14-year-old Jake Hatch. It's just one of the things that will forever stick with me. A very nice man, and this team in 2001, he was set up to succeed. The team that struggled through that, ni- that 1999 and 2000 seasons came back largely intact, and the best part was they had found a quarterback they could rely on. Brandon Doman emerged seemingly out of nowhere to really become what we now know as the dominator during this 2001 season. And the Cougars got things rolling right away. And it was in large part, obviously, to Doman's play. But I think the true catalyst for this 2001 team or the true engine that made them go, Luke Staley, plain and simple. Luke Staley was a man amongst boys. There'd been flashes of him during that 1999 and 2000 seasons where he said, okay, this kid's got some talent. But he absolutely burst onto the scene in 2001 and we all can recollect this season if you're old enough to remember they opened the year in the bca classic on august 25th an absolutely blazing sweltering day in provo i remember how hot it was but only 49,008 people in attendance at this game obviously probably due to the heat but the cougars came out and tulane went toe-to-toe with them for the early part of this game but all of a sudden this machine this offensive juggernaut just emerged and byu pasted the green wave 70 to 35 and i remember thinking after that game wow that was fun is this what the gary croton era is going to hold are we going just it's going to continue on with high flying offense like lavelle had had for many years well it sure seemed that way because the following week they took on nevada there uh t- beating the wolf pack 52 to 7 another fun tidbit about this season my father had a friend that actually hooked us up with sideline passes for that nevada game i was standing on the sideline so this would be in the south uh no sorry excuse me the northwest corner of lavelle edwards stadium I was standing there near the sidelines, and uh, Luke Staley got forced out of bounds. Had my dad literally not grabbed me by the back of the shirt and pulled me out of the way, Luke Staley likely would have trucked me like he trucked many a human being during that 2001 season. I'm telling you, folks, these are tidbits from my memory bank that you're not going to get anywhere else, just stuff that happened. So they beat Nevada 52-7. to The following week, uh, they go to Cal and win that game 44-16. to Well, shortly after that Cal game, we all know what happened on September 11th, 2001. It really just kind of stalled out the sports world. BYU had a game that was scheduled to be played in Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville, Mississippi against Mississippi State. I believe it was the the week following September 11th. I believe it was the the week of September 11th. That happened on a Tuesday. BYU was supposed to go to Mississippi State that Saturday, if I recall correctly, but that game obviously got postponed like a number of other sporting events in the world uh, around that crazy, horrific, uh, just awful terrorist attack. Well, BYU rescheduled that game for early December, December 1st, and then finally got back into action September 29th at UNLV. They had their struggles after taking a couple of weeks off. The number 20 team, by the way, they entered the national rankings finally. We're number 20 going to Sam Boyd Stadium, then win that game 35-31. to By the way, BYU struggled in some close games on the road this season, but when they were at home, they were lights out. Because, for an example, they beat UNLV 35 to 31 on the road. They come home as the number 20 team in the country once again. Absolutely blitz Utah State 54 to 34. Then they go to New Mexico, scrape out a 24 to 20 victory. Following week, Air Force comes to Provo 63-33, the final in favor of BYU. At San Diego State is the number 16 team in the country, 59 to 21. That's kind of the uh, the 
exception to the rule. They went to San Diego State and absolutely crushed the Aztecs. Colorado State came to Provo, got absolutely pummeled 56-34. They go to Wyoming, win that game 41-34. Host Utah is the number eight team in the country at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on November 17th. And by this point, many of you probably recall there were tortillas flying on the field. There was some thought that BYU could make it into the Fiesta Bowl. They were undefeated at that point. Well, they beat Utah in a narrow game 24 to 21 as uh, they finish up the Mountain West Conference slate. Excuse me. No, yeah, it was the Mountain West Conference slate was wrapped up at that point, but they still had two regular season games remaining. The rescheduled game against Mississippi State was played December 1st. BYU had a bye week uh, following Utah. They go to Mississippi State, and this is where uh, just absolutely crazy things happen. During that game against Mississippi State, late in the game, uh, there's a tackle on Luke Staley where he gets rolled up on and fractures both his tibia and fibula in his leg, and he's out for the year. BYU holds on to win that game down there in Stark Vegas, 41-38. to But then the following week, they had one more game. They went to Hawaii to take on the Rainbow Warriors. Nick Rolovich, uh, formerly the head coach, of Hawaii, now the head coach of Washington State, was the quarterback of that Hawaii team. Brandon Doman obviously had been mounting a Heisman Trophy campaign as well as the quote-unquote dominator, if you remember those. Well, they went to Hawaii, and June Jones and the Rainbow Warriors just unleashed it on BYU. BYU tried to hang in there, and Brandon Doman suffered an injury in this game, was knocked out. I believe it was a broken ribs, if I recall correctly, that knocked him out of this game. And they ended up getting absolutely pummeled, 72-4. to Forty-five, And there was one other note about this. I probably should have said this before I talked to the Hawaii game is that the BCS had announced or was it the BCA at that point? I don't remember what the name of the organization was, had already informed BYU that you were not in contention for a BCS bowl. Despite being ranked in the top 10, they were number nine going into that game at Hawaii, number 10 at Mississippi State. They were told, you know what, you're not in the mix for the BCS. And obviously that was a disappointment, but they went to Aloha Stadium, got absolutely crushed. 72 to 45 thereby letting the bcs feel like hey we made the right decision blah blah you know what whatever but then they've got an invite to the liberty bowl to take on number 23 louisville the cougars are ranked number 19 so this was the top 25 showdown in memphis tennessee the liberty bowl and byu just did not have the horses to hang with the cardinals losing that game 28 to 10 bringing it to conclusion the 2001 season that featured at one point a 12 and 0 byu football program that finished 12 and 2 they were the outright champions of the mountain west conference they finished ranked number 25 in the AP poll, number 24 in the coaches poll, but obviously would have had a crazy different tenor had they been given that opportunity to play in the BCS and obviously had you not lost Luke Staley in addition to Brandon Doman. Doman made a run at the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Luke Staley was the Doak Walker Award winner and by the way, had you told me at that at the outset of the 2001 season, will BYU ever have a Doak Walker Award winner which is awarded annually to the best running back in college football? I would have said you're nuts. There's no chance that they're going to give a BYU running back the Doak Walker Award, but when you go out and put up, let's see, 1,582 yards and 24 touchdowns, as Luke Staley did, well, you're going to win that award, and he accepted it on crutches, and obviously his NFL career never got off the ground, unfortunately, as a seventh-round pick of the Detroit Lions. Brandon Doman, for his efforts, uh, tallied 3,542 yards passing, 33 touchdowns against just eight interceptions. He also added seven, uh, excuse me, 456 rushing yards and eight touchdowns, a true dual-threat quarterback, kind of a new element for the BYU football 
football program. Reno Mahe was BYU's leading receiver, 91 receptions for 1,211 yards, nine touchdowns. Doug Jolly had seven touchdowns of his own. Luke Staley also added 320 yards out of the backfield and four touchdowns in his own right, averaging a healthy 10 yards per reception. And a couple of the notes for you guys include Gennaro Guilford, who BYU not have beaten Utah without his interception in addition to Luke Staley galloping down that sideline. Well, Gennaro Guilford led the Cougars with six interceptions. Of course, he is now the cornerbacks coach at BYU, and he admitted that he has talked with his guys about his exploits as a BYU Cougar, and it's kind of funny to hear that from uh, Gennaro Guilford, but nonetheless, hey, if you've got it, flaunt it. Why not? Absolutely. Justin Enna also led BYU in tackles that year, 101 total tackles. Ryan Denny was BYU's leading sack artist with seven sacks on the year, in addition to 19 tackles for loss. Ryan obviously went on to have a healthy career in the NFL. Matt Payne was very, very good for the Cougars. 73 of 76 on extra points. Shows how many touchdowns they scored. 76 touchdowns. Uh, yeah, 76 touchdowns. Well, actually, that's not even the total. It was 80 touchdowns because Aaron Edmonds also had uh, four extra point attempts for the Cougars. Payne uh, finished 12 of 17 from field goals, uh, on field goals, excuse me, along a 50 on the year. But obviously, there's a lot of expectations when you have a season like BYU had during 2001. Well, what happened in 2002? Some of you probably already know, but we'll talk about that as we round out the week tomorrow and also get you the latest when it comes to BYU Fall Camp. Conversations, highlights, sound clips, we'll have all that for you guys on tomorrow's podcast. So a big thank you once again for joining us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. It's a blast to be with you guys every single day. If you've got questions, concerns, comments, advertising inquiries, please email us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day wherever you might be. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 5th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys manana.